All right. Hey, this is Chris Perry. I am the commissioner of the Western Collegiate Hockey League, and this is part of our continuing series focusing on some of the uh, student athletes in the Western Collegiate Hockey League. Uh, we're going to talk to number 18 from the Missouri State Ice Bears, Chris Brown. So, hey, let's hear some crunchy guitars. And on the other end of that, we're going to talk to Chris Brown. Hold on. All right, joining us now on the uh, WCHL podcast, it's our pleasure to have number 18 from the Missouri State Ice Bears, Chris Brown. Chris, thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. Well, Chris, um, you were one of a couple of guys on the uh, Ice Bears program that um, I I presume got voluntary. As I was told by General Manager Ryan Armstrong, you guys got voluntold to participate. Um, Is that something you're... Is that something you're familiar with? Yeah, we pretty much got a text one morning. It was from Army, and he said, hey, I passed along your number. Uh, you might get a call about a podcast, so um, feel free to answer the call. Yeah. That's pretty much all there was. <laughs> well, we appreciate you uh, taking the time, and we appreciate uh, Army kind of uh, twisting your arm there to, to, to do this. So I know that uh, you're on break. Finals were last week, so I've got to presume that you're back home. Uh, actually, I'm on the way back home. I was just up in Springfield, Illinois, visiting my old Billet family and uh, hanging out with my girlfriend's family. So almost home, but not quite. There you go. All right. And home is Oakville, Missouri, correct? Yep. Oakville, Missouri, small county of St. Louis. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Where in relation to St. Louis is, is Oakville? Yeah, it's about 20 minutes away from downtown. So kind of quiet south of the south county. So. All right. Very nice. So, Chris, uh, if if you got to leave, tell us. I don't want you to be distracted while we're driving here. So, uh, but if, so if you got to leave, just know, hey, say, hey, man, I got to go. Say the safe word, whatever it is you got to do. So, no worries, I'm sitting in shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, tell tell us then how how did uh, Chris Brown get involved in the hockey? Um, you know, it's kind of a weird story. Um, I come from a baseball and football family. My mom's dad was a a legendary football coach. My dad's a baseball coach. He actually has been coaching baseball in St. Louis high school level for about 20 years, over 20 years. So um, I guess the story is my mom was kind of hanging around at work and a couple of the, the other co-workers were signing their kids up for hockey. And so she just decided to kind of throw my brother and I's name in the ring and, and I kind of took off with it. All right. And how, how old were, how old were you uh, when this was going on? Were you 10, five, I was four years old, so I got started real early. Wow! And so, were you were playing hockey, um, doing that? Were you also playing football and baseball? Yeah, I was playing baseball. I pretty much played almost every sport growing up: soccer, basketball, baseball, um, hockey. When I got to high school, I tried football, played that for a couple of years until hockey became too much. But I, I pretty much played every sport you can think of. Very very nice. Well, I, and I know the, uh, the the family connection there. Help help me out with the high school's name. It's Saint John Vianney. Vianney. Yeah, Vianney. Vianney. All right. And uh, as you said, your your dad's the head coach there, and you played ball there. Yes, I did. I played. Uh, I played all four years there. Um, my brother also played four years there, and then he played college ball too. So. Yeah. Now, what posi- What baseball position was uh, was Chris Brown? Uh, you know, it's interesting you ask that. I was kind of a jack of all trades. I uh, 
I started off at third base for the my uh, under underclass years. Did a little pitching and then moved outfield. Played a little shortstop at one point. Uh, tried out first base, so I pretty much was everywhere but catcher. All right, and you said you you played on the same team there with your brother Matt. What uh, what position did Matt play, or was he also a jack of all trades? Well, unfortunately, the reason I kind of started tossing around so much is because my brother was a third baseman also, and he was a, a pretty pretty big stud. So uh, getting up, if I wanted to play varsity, I kind of had to move around a little bit to try and avoid <laughs> where he was at. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, so th- third base, the hot corner, you got to have a strong arm and quick reflexes, huh? Yeah, I had the quick reflexes. I don't know about the strong arm, but I made do over there. Very nice, very nice. And so you played baseball of all you said all four years there of high school. How did how did that work with um, your your hockey obligations? Because you also played. Um, well, I'm going to presume that you played for the St. Louis Junior Blues while you were still in high school. Yep, yep. I um, I played for the African American Central States my first two years, um, and then my junior year is actually when I started playing for the Junior Blues. I think it was my first year of eligibility. Okay. Um, and and my dad, I mean. I kind of got lucky, I guess, and some would look at it that being that my dad's a coach. Um, but my dad actually had this rule kind of where if you play any sort of winter or fall sport, he actually wouldn't let you come to the team until your your previous sport was done. And while it wasn't a junior blues, isn't a school-sanctioned sport, he kind of played it with hand. And, and uh, unfortunately, I had to miss a couple of games in the year with us making playoffs a lot. But whenever the season was over, I'd kind of just jump into baseball and kind of get my feet wet then. Very nice. How how was that having your dad as your coach? Oh, it was awesome. I mean, a lot of people I think didn't really understand it. Like he was also the dean of students, so he kind of got a bad rap. But but just seeing him and my brother in the halls and and hanging out with him sometimes, it was it was really great. He wasn't by any means easy on us. Um, he pushed us just like he would anyone else, and if, if, if even so, even more. So, um, but it was it was awesome. Well, that's why I asked. My father was also a, uh, a professor, as well as my mother, and I know from uh, experience, taking a class with each of them, that they didn't treat you, um, they treated me like a regular student, but I, I always thought they treated me, um, I, I guess, they, they didn't go out of their way to make things easy for me. If anything, yeah. it seemed like they made it harder, and so it sounds like that's kind of what your dad did, too, with you and, and I guess, your brother as well. Yep, yep, Absolutely. All right. So, in your, you said your dad was also the dean of students there at school. Yeah. So I had to be on my best behavior at all times. Yeah, twenty four seven, huh? You couldn't get away yeah. with anything at school. No, nope, I had to kind of keep my eyes out. I still tried, but yeah, I, I tried to be my best. All right. Well, t- tell us. You played. Started playing at the Afton Americans uh, for what you said two years. Your freshman sophomore year of high school. Yes. Yep. And then you went on to play, what, uh, four seasons there with the Junior Blues organization. Yep. Uh, I, I know that eventually, towards the end of your tenure with the Junior Blues, you got to wear a letter. Um, yep. What was what was that like in terms of being elected? Uh, well, were you elected by the coaches? Were you elected by your peers? Um, That's a good question. I think it was more by the coaches, but, but I'd like to think that I had the respect of my peers as well. And if it... I don't remember if it came down to a vote or not. I don't remember how we did it. It's been so long now, but but I think I had almost unanimous unanimous support from the coaching staff and the team at that time. Nice, nice. And now the the Junior Blues play in the NA three. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And so who like 
give give uh, an example, if you will, of who the the opponents would be for the Junior Blues. You wouldn't just play local St. Louis teams, would you? Oh no, we go. So it's just, I mean, it's kind of the way it is now. I think it's still the same. We we play Peoria. They're probably our biggest rivals, Peoria Mustangs. Um, we go to Wisconsin. Um, I think there was maybe an Indiana team, maybe Ohio. But we'd go up to showcases in um, Minnesota. I think one year it was in Michigan up at the Schwann rink. Schwann and Troy rinks. Were- Wisconsin and Ohio, I believe. Okay. All right. Very, very nice. And uh, during your time there with the Jun- with the St. Louis Junior Blues, I see that you also got uh, called up a few times, at least once, uh, to Springfield, uh, the, the, the Junior Blues out of uh, the North American League, and I guess that's where you're coming back from, Springfield, Illinois. Yep, yep. So one year, I guess it was my second to last year in St. Louis. Um, I don't know if it was injuries or if they had a guy called up, but I actually got a chance to just kind of uh, – go up for a weekend they had a three-game set against Johnstown and my uh, one of my good friends from St. Louis I think the previous two years they had called up someone from St. Louis so I was just hoping to fill in be a body and I guess it turned out after that weekend I was coming back and I think um, probably the next weekend I got called up again because they needed uh, another body again and about halfway up the to Springfield which is about a two-hour drive so I was about a half hour to an hour in my coach called me from St. Louis and said I was staying so um, I had to run home really quick after that weekend, pack a bag, and then I ended up playing in Springfield for about a year before right. coming back to St. Louis. What, 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 what was that like in terms of playing in Springfield, Illinois? Because uh, I've been there, the, the home of Abraham Lincoln, and um, it's, it's a little bit uh, smaller than suburban St. Louis. Yeah, yeah, it's really small. Um, the nice thing was it was close to home, so my family got to travel up a lot. Um, there was actually a couple St. Louis guys, but... But it was a small town, so it really forced us to kind of hang out together as a team. Um, I had a St. Louis roommate, so it made it easier on me. My billet family was amazing. Um, I still got to see them every year. Um, the rink, we didn't really pack it by any means, but the rink got loud when it needed to. I don't know if it was a dollar beer night or whatnot, but, but we had a good group and a couple guys that went on to play uh, Division One, so we were pretty tight, and it, it was a lot of fun. That rink in Springfield, uh, uh, it was in. it's in the middle of the fairgrounds, isn't it? So it's actually close to the fairgrounds, but it's in the middle of a park. There you go. It's in the middle of a park. I knew it was It's kind of difficult to get to um, if you're coming in uh, with a bus. I, I, we had a couple of ACHA uh, Division One showcases there um, at one point where uh, we had to bring some buses in, and I just remember it was very – it's right next to a swimming pool, and it was yep. very congested. Um, it was built for moms and dads and SUVs, but not necessarily for uh, gigantic uh, uh, buses bringing in hockey teams. Yep. And that little rink uh, the, where the Junior Blues played out of, it, what, that facility has, what, two or three rinks? It has two rinks. And that first rink, the main rink, is, is beautiful. You said you didn't fill it up, but, boy, it's made out of almost all wood. Yep, yep, it's made out of almost all wood, and the other rink, I don't the other rink just kind of has regular bleachers, I think, the, the iron ones or the steel ones. Yeah, that, uh, but that, that first rink, the, the main rink, has an awful lot of uh, character to it. And, yeah, I, I could see how if that place got uh, even halfway full, it can get really, really loud in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Usually we do some special nights and it, get, it would actually fill up more than usual and it, and it got pretty loud. So it had a nice feel to it. 
when you were um, so you played there for uh, I guess parts of two seasons, but all, all told a year. Um, and then uh, you finished out your junior career back with the St. Louis Junior Blues. Is that right? Yep, that's correct. And then uh, what what happened after that? Um, I know that you uh, we obviously know that you ended up at Missouri State, but were you were you considering other places to go? Were you uh, looking at NCAA opportunities in terms of whether it's Division three or other ACHA schools? Um, so I actually had a couple of Division three schools that I was looking at. I was looking at Aurora um, and Finlandia. Those were the main ones. And I was kind of didn't really want to do that. I didn't really think the D3 style was for me. Uh, I'm sure the hockey would have been great, but um, the school, school atmosphere and whatnot, I don't think it was really for me. Um, and I actually was never really... State. I mean, I had a bunch of buddies from the Junior Blues who ended up going up there. But originally, I was looking at uh, Illinois and Lindenwood. Okay. And so that's that summer after I was planning on maybe playing another year, I did some NA camps. Um, I was kind of talking to some some seniors at Missouri State at Lindenwood, um, some of my good buddies. And it actually turns out I was in Michigan, and I got cut from um, I think it was Wichita Falls camp and. And I just kind of my brother, my brother around the same time had signed to go to Missouri State for baseball. So, so I made the quick decision, and literally before I even left the, the state, I called Bob Booker, who was coach at the time, and said, "Hey, I'm coming to Missouri State." So I kind of surprised everyone. I don't think anyone really knew until I made the decision. That's pretty cool that you and your brother uh, went to Missouri State at the same time. Yeah, we're, we've always been pretty close. Um, he went to Arkansas prior, and then he was at home for a little bit, going to community college, trying to find another spot. So we've always had a pretty tight relationship, and we're pretty close um, age-wise. So, so it was definitely special. I got to see him play his, his college ball, and now he's playing professional close to home. So, so we're still pretty close, which is nice. I noticed you wear number 18, and on the uh, Missouri State baseball roster, uh, Matt wore number 18. Is there some significance there to the number? Yeah, so actually, um, my dad used to wear it. He, when he um, he was a pitcher at Illinois State, and he wore it. Um, and I don't know what it was. I think it was when I was younger. Um, I used to always wear number five, but they ran out of – someone had number five or something, so I just kind of said, oh, I'll be number 18 like dad, and it kind of just became a tradition, and Matt wore it. Um, and then I continued to wear it. I wore it the Junior Blues and then now Missouri State. Um, unfortunately, Brendan McClue had it for – uh, my first two years it was only supposed to be one, but I think he played like seven years of college, so I had to wait for it a little. But but I finally got it. Yeah, it's kind of like a little family tradition we have. A little nod to him. Very nice, very nice. Yeah, you didn't have to. McClue didn't offer to uh, sell the number to you, huh? He had to wait your turn. No. Yeah, I didn't think he was ever going to give it up to me. <laughs> I like it. Seven years of college hockey. You know, only only at Missouri State could he get away with that, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. We've had a couple of them go a long time, but that's all right. All right. So what you, you chose Missouri State. Um, what What is it that you're studying at Missouri State? What's your major? So my major is economics, and I'm minoring in political science and criminology. Really? So I kind of threw a, a lot of stuff in the bag there. Wow. So that's, uh, uh, if, if I didn't know any better, economics with political science and criminology that kind of has a, a little leaning towards maybe a going on to uh, uh, some further school after you graduate. Yep, I just took uh, I just took the LSAT and uh, I'm getting ready to apply for law school, so that's the plan. So we'll see uh, how applications go, and, and hopefully I'll be studying law for three more years. Oh my goodness! Well, hey, I'm from one lawyer to a future lawyer. I'm I'm so very sorry. 
Um, <laughs> what, what do you, uh, what, what is it, Chris, that you intend, or do you have a, 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 an area of the law that you want to uh, explore? So I'm looking into doing contracts. Um, I know uh, there's a couple classes you, that they offer in sports law. So I'm kind of going to feel it out a little bit, uh, contract or sports law. And then I kind of want to stay around um, sports, of course, and, and see if I, what I can do in that area. Very nice. Very nice. Well, hey, if there's one piece of advice I can uh, give to a, to a future lawyer, it's uh, whatever law school you decide to go to, uh, go to a law school uh, in the state where you want to live. Um, so yeah. if you want to practice in California, go to a California law school. If you want to practice in Missouri, go to a Missouri law school. Um, Absolutely. Because they teach well, you, they, for those three years, they teach you the law of, they'll teach you law in general, but they'll focus on the law of the state in which they, that school resides. So, um, yeah, oh, kind okay. of interesting. Yeah. Kind of interesting. Yeah. All right. And there's a lot of good uh, sports agent or sports uh, marketing, sports representation programs around now. I, I know that Arizona State has a great program down there. I think there's a program out in California, too. Um, yeah. That's yeah. pretty I've slick. Kind of looking for a couple. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Fingers crossed it goes well. Yeah, well, hey, you got to st- study for the LSAT. Well, that's that's the key, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that with the uh, undergrad uh, GPA, that's kind of the determining factor. So, Well, that and also, you know, the, everybody looks at uh, applications now with, with this, uh, quote, holistic point of view. So um, LSAT score, undergrad GPA, but also I would think that uh, playing ice hockey, a competitive collegiate uh, sport throughout your career, uh, college career while maintaining uh the good grades and the high gpa i think that goes a long way towards uh speaking le- uh, well for chris brown so that ought to all work in your favor i'd say yeah yeah we'll see what happens well let's hope all right so that first season you called you said you called bob Booker and you said hey books i'm coming and that first season of uh of play w- w- he was your coach what yep. what was that all? How how I guess did you know Bob from uh, the St. Louis area and uh, playing in Afton and for the Junior Blues? You know, I'd always I'd seen him around rinks before, but I'd never actually played for him. Okay, um, Bob Bob's the kind of guy where you, you know, I mean, you kind of you pass him by and I'll say hello to you. He's a nice man, um, but I didn't really know much about him. I kind of just popped into some summer skates they were having in St. Louis and. I don't know how many of them he showed up to, but, but we always had some nice conversations, and he always reached out. Um, definitely cared about everyone's well-being. So, so I, I wouldn't say I knew him completely before, but I knew of him, and, and he was nice enough to kind of bring me in and, and offer me a spot. Bob's a great guy, and uh, he's, um, I, I know that he, he took Missouri State to a, to a, uh, a certain level there. Um, he was there for the transition for from Division Two to Division One, and uh, Bob is also quite the character. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah. So okay. So that first season, you're you're playing there under Booker, and then the, the past three seasons, you've had Coach Jeremy Law as your head coach. Did you know anything about Lawsy, especially since you played in the NA and Lawsy had a team in the NA there for a little bit? I actually didn't. I don't know. I don't know what it was. I don't think I really knew much about other coaches. Um, so yeah, I guess my first year he was actually coaching at Springfield, also for the the Express. Yeah. And we actually played in a, a little charity game at the beginning of the year. Um, I don't remember what it was benefiting. It might have been for Atop, uh, the Sled Dogs. But but I actually really didn't know much about him. Um, I kind of just started hearing his name when we were um, doing the head coaching search, and then of course when he found the job. So 
So it was kind of a new experience for me and meeting him. I guess as soon as he took the job was was the first time I'd ever really talked to him. Okay. All right. Well, that's fair. That's fair enough. Well, I guess, um, you know, it's it's worked out for Missouri State because that first year that Jeremy took over, um, uh, the Ice Bears went to Nationals, got to go to Columbus. And um, that had to be uh, that had to be a, a new experience because I know that um, being a new team to Division One, that was the first time the uh, uh, that Missouri State made it to the national tournament. Yep. Yep. How was uh, how? I mean, you had been to Columbus, or I'm sure to Ohio to play hockey before. What was what was that experience like going to uh, going to nationals? And of course, the the sucky thing about it was you had to play Arizona, a team that you'd already played like a hundred times before at nationals. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was nice. I mean, like you said, we were the first the first Missouri State hockey team to do it. I think it was in our third year um, as a program in Division One. So, so it really showed of how much we had grown. Um, but speaking more to the event itself, uh, it was right next door of the, the Blue Jackets facility, which I didn't know. Uh, Low-key pro was they had uh, Tim Hortons posted up in there. So I hadn't really had too much of an experience with Tim Hortons, so that was great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a really nice experience, nice event. Uh, unfortunately, we had to play Arizona first game, and they got the better of us. I think we had pretty much split with them, I guess, that full year. Uh, we kind of had their number, but they, they made some nice adjustments. Uh, we couldn't really catch a break, and I think we hit two posts in the game, but, but credit to them, they're a good team. Yeah, I remember, uh, in fact, there was during that game, I remember there was a huge uh, question as to whether or not uh, a goal got scored, and it went to instant replay, and that instant replay seemed to have taken forever. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I was kind of trying to sneak over there to see what was going on, but I think just because of how many bodies were in front, I don't think there was much of an angle that the camera could have got. So, yeah. unfortunately, it didn't go our way, but it, it happens. I mean, I wasn't even expecting to have instant replay, but it's nice that we're utilizing it, that's for sure. <laughs> well, so you, you lived in Springfield, Illinois, and now you're in Springfield, Missouri. I mean, is there any difference between uh, the, the two towns? They're both kind of small. They seem like they both support their program a little bit, um, uh, the hockey program, well, I, I got to presume that the Ice Bears get a lot more support than the Junior Blues do. Yeah, that's what I was just going to kind of allude to. I mean, the Junior Blues in Springfield, they they did a great job. I mean, they, it's hard when you're, you're a junior team in a small town, and I don't know how many people really know of hockey in Springfield, Illinois, but, but down in Springfield, Missouri, I, I think we may have one of the best uh, – fan bases in the ACHA. Um, I guess we're getting ready to go on our 20th year after Stan Melton founded the program. And, and it's kind of run like a like a pro organization. I mean, we got the ice girls that help with promoting. We got volunteers. We got boosters. Army, as mentioned before, is our GM. He's doing an incredible job. So, so I mean, and then we got Steve Kasten on the broadcast as well. So, so it's really all you can ask for as an ACHA player. They kind of you kind of get boosted up a little bit. You get a lot of perks, and it's really nice. It's very nice, and it's uh, as you said, they treat it like a pro program. You have a cast, and even though I give him a hard time, he puts together <laughs> a, one heck of a broadcast. And um, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's top notch, and he likes to shine a whole lot of light on uh, the ice bears. Um, so that's uh, it's it's pretty impressive. Whether it's the interviews or uh, on the ice after the games or the b- between intermissions, he's always trying to. Uh, shed a little spotlight on the student athletes. So I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's awesome. And he's also helps with, uh, you know, some people, uh, we got parents all over the place and sometimes they can't make the trip, but I know, you know, they all want to be there so they get a chance to watch games. And so that's nice. to It's going to be a great uh, advantage too, in terms of recruiting, because, um, 
you know, anyone who's considering going to Missouri State knows that, boy, the games are right there broadcast in high def um, and uh, broadcast professionally right there on YouTube. So uh, it's going to be wild. It also has to help that the, the Jordan Valley Ice Park, Mediacom Ice Park, now known back as Jordan Valley, that the place is packed every single game. Yeah, yeah, they got a they got a nice seating section. I I never really knew what to expect. I guess I had played they played there growing up, um, but kind of just the way the ring's set up. I mean, we got half one side that's like half of seating where you can get like reserved with the heaters. But then we really do a good job of filling around the glass all the way around, them. and that's where a lot of the students go, and that's where it really gets loud. I know you, usually there's some quarters going against the glass making noise, um, but it turns into kind of a rowdy environment. It really plays to our advantage. With, now, when you when those corner when those quarters are tapping on the glass, you, does does that does that bother you? I mean, you, you obviously know that it's there, but does it bother you at all, or do you not give a rip? Um, so it's been going on, I guess, for four years now. I so I've heard, um, and I haven't really noticed it until this year. And it's kind of just one of those things where now that I've noticed it, it's it's, it's more annoying than you think. I, I can't imagine what it does to goalies. That's that has to like be closer to it, but but by no means is it anything fun to listen to. But when you're on the ice, you kind of zone it out and you're, you're going with the flow and adrenaline's going and all that. But I don't know who it helps more, but it definitely can't be fun for their goalie. <laughs> well, that, that's that's what I wanted to get to, Chris. Is it doesn't matter if you're tapping on the glass there, Jordan Valley, or if you're tapping on the glass there in Tucson or in Colorado or anywhere else. It's it's still the same annoying noise. Right. Right. Yeah. All right, all right. Well, hey, interesting. So you, you, one of the things that, that I've always been impressed with uh, coming up to Missouri State, besides the great support, is the, the, the professionalism, as you uh, alluded to. Not only do you have uh, games and intermissions uh, broadcast filled with content, but you also, Missouri State has, a, has this coaches show that on Saturday nights everyone heads to downtown to the Civil Kitchen um, to do uh, an, an event or, or a coach's show from there. Uh, I mean, that has to be kind of um, – there's not a whole lot of ACHA teams that, that have that, – that's kind of like a, a, a pro or professional or even a minor league type of a, uh, of a thing. And I don't know that there's a whole lot of ACHA folks that have, you know, this coach's show, a post-game coach's show at a local eatery. Yeah, I, I don't really know how that started. It's kind of been in place for since I've been here at Missouri State. I'm now actually the president of the organization. And it's something we've just kind of continued. I, I think the owner of the bar um, or restaurant might have been a former player, if I remember correctly. But, but yeah, I mean, it's nice. Uh, the coaches kind of get to get on air and recap the weekend. Um, sometimes Steve will talk to players and kind of get their insights. But, but more so for, for the boosters. I know a lot of the boosters come out. Usually we'll, we'll have a little talk to them. They'll introduce their player of the game for each night. Um, and it's kind of nice just to have that connection with the fans because they put in a lot of time and, and a lot of their efforts supporting us. So it's nice to kind of get back to them. And you get to have some good food while you're at. So it's a win-win. <laughs> That's a win, especially for a starving college student, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. really nice. I hear you. All right, well, so so um, first year uh, or the first year under Lawsy, um, Missouri State goes to nationals and uh, plays uh, in Columbus against Arizona. Last year, second year under Lawsy, you make nationals again and uh, you go down to Frisco to play two games. You beat Buffalo in the first round and then you lost a, an absolute nail-biter of a game to the defending national champion, Adrian. What was yeah. that experience like? Well, I mean, ever since Lazi came in, it was kind of more, we were sort of 
uh, an undisciplined bunch before, and that's nothing nothing saying anything uh, to Bob Bucher. He did a hell of a job coaching us, but it's just kind of the way we were, and Jeremy did a great job of kind of bringing the reins in, um, giving us some structure, uh, conditioning us a lot. He's got a good drill that we all hate, but but he brought some discipline to us, and we got we had a core group that was still together for his first year, which helped. And, and yeah, we went down the first year. We were kind of hoping to do a little bit more damage, um, but unfortunately that wasn't in the cards. And then this past year, uh, like you said, we won the first game, and then we had a, a really good game that um, I thought we had a couple chances against Adrian, and, and we could have buried the first goal. I thought that could have been our game, and then, um, you know, it's anyone's game once you get deep in that tournament. But, but we had a good run, and we, we really had put together some good years, so it's been nice. Yeah, it has been nice. I thought that game against Adrian was, uh, at least up to then, it was the game of the tournament. You guys hit a couple of posts and had uh, Adrian – uh, as I said, the defending national champion on the ropes, and they scored a goal late. Brady Griffin was uh, just insane in net for you guys, yep. and uh, you yep. guys went toe to toe. That was a heavyweight fight. Uh, yeah, that was fun. It was a fun thing. Well, so 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 let's go to this season. I mean, I know that you're what 19 games or so into the into the season so far. Uh, how would you describe um, the the Missouri State season up to now? Um. You know, I mean, it's kind of an up and down. It's been a bit of a roller coaster. Um, coming in, we lost about four defensemen. Um, Brennan Anderson was a key player. You know, we lost some forwards. Um, so it's kind of, you you still have the core, but you bring in some new guys and you still have to find a way to match whether you have a core or not. So we started off a little slow. We uh, split a couple weekends. We had a good win against Iowa State. Um, we battled some injuries. Injuries always seem to be a thing, and that's just part of the game. But but, you know, I mean, we, we thought we were turning a corner a little bit. Um, we had some good weekends. Iowa State was one of them. Uh, ASU, we had a chance to take two. And, and UCO, we had we stole one, took one from them. Um, so we've had chances. That we've been in close games. And um, some, of us have, some of them have gone our way. Some of them haven't. So we're still trying to turn the corner a little bit and really hit our stride um, and make a run at things. And we got a good team to do it. It's just um, sometimes the balances aren't going our way. And, you know, that happens. But but we still have some young guys, so we kind of got to rally together here coming into the second semester and, and really make a push. Well, you'll have uh, plenty of opportunity with a bunch of games uh, coming up in January and early February to make a make a run at the uh, at qualifying for nationals. And I think with the way things are shaking out right now, you uh, only have to be like 18 or 19 to get in. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's that's looking pretty good. I happened to be up there during uh, the weekend that Arizona State was in town. And boy, that Friday night game, you guys were killing them like four to one, and then the um, it, it seemed like the bottom fell out. And they scored three unanswered goals to tie the game up, or maybe it was five unanswered goals. It was four, and then they eventually won it uh, five to four. What was I, I don't want to bring up bad news, but this goes to kind of the up and down nature of the season so far. I mean, what was that experience like when you're up on up on them? You seem like you've got your uh, skate on their neck and you're ready to, you know, just drive them into the into the ground and take the game. And then next thing you know, everything goes topsy turvy and uh, uh, easy W turns into a hard loss. Yeah, I mean, one of the things we always preach is uh, playing a full sixty, um, and I, I'd say we probably played maybe fifty to fifty-five minutes of of a complete game in that one. Um, but it kind of, I mean, you know the it's four to one, and I, I know a lot of people say three goal leads the worst lead in hockey, and it kind of came down to where they kind of scored one. I think it was too quick, 
And uh, it's kind of like quicksand, you know, they get the first one and then you start panicking a little and then they get another one and you press even more. Um, and you kind of run yourself out of position and, and we kind of got away with promoting work and, and it ended up being our downfall. I think they, they we were tied and then they, they scored the final one with like 30 seconds left. So um, it's demoralizing. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a learning experience. And we, we do got some young guys, like I mentioned. So it sucked that the only thing we could do was really learn from it. And, and then the next night, I think we were in the same spot, four to one again. Uh, they scored one and, and we kind of rallied together. I think we took a timeout and kind of got together as a group. And we're like, we're not going to not going to step again and we really um stuck together and bared down and, and finished that one off well that, that's that, and that's where i was going it's the up and down nature you know we had a had a rough night but redemption was 24 hours away and you found yourself almost in the exact same position and uh instead of um uh you know allowing uh, asu to sneak back into it here you've clamped down a little harder and you socked away a four to two win over those guys and earned the split on the weekend and so I, I thought that was uh, I thought that was pretty good on, on your end because just a dominating, geez, what five five and a half periods of hockey it seemed like, mm-hmm. yep. yeah, yeah. All and right. that, that really shows what this team's capable of. I mean, the result might not always be there, but this team's capable of taking down some pretty heavy opponents, and it's just got a, a matter of bringing it all together for sixty minutes. Yep, yep, I hear you. Well, Chris, tell tell me this. You've been around the conference now for a little bit. You've gone to the Colorados. You've gone to the Oklahoma teams. You've gone to Arizona teams. Other than Jordan Valley Ice Park, what's the uh, what's the favorite rink that Chris Brown likes to play in? Oh, that's a that's a pretty good question. Um, I would say, um, probably UCO. Uh, we haven't been down to Arizona this year. I've heard they've been filmed a lot more. They got that nice convention center. Um, but UCO, they got the, the student section right over the glass and the netting, and they always give us a, a pretty hard time. And it's that's kind of what you want. When you go on the road, you kind of want to be, at least me, I want to be heckled a little bit. It kind of gets you going, gets you a little motivation. So having UCO kind of stand over, and we've had some, some pretty good rivalries over the years with them. I think at one point we won six straight against them. Uh, they've had our number a little bit this year. But, yeah, they got the fans hanging over the net, so I, I'd say UCO. You kind of like being public enemy number one when you go on the road, huh? That's nice. I mean, guys yelling at you, and if you, you end up stealing a win, it's nice to kind of give them a little nod back. But but it's part of the game. It's a fun environment, whether it's yours or theirs, and, and it's really nice to be a part of. All right. Well, what's the flip side of that? What's the what's the one rink in the in the conference that you go? Oh, I don't want to go there at all. Um, I would say either. Uh, it used to be Arkansas. I was just for some reason going to Arkansas was just never good for us. Um, I would say probably Oklahoma, Oklahoma is a pretty physical team. So I don't know if it's a smaller rink, but it feels like it It feels like everywhere you go, you're getting, you're getting banged around. You're getting bodied pretty hard. Um, we've had some pretty tight overtime games there. So I'd say Oklahoma for now. All right. Well, it's, it won't be a surprise to you, Chris, that, um, uh, when Arkansas was in the conference, everybody, uh, for the most part, said Arkansas. I think it had <laughs> everything to do with that 12-foot neutral zone that they have down there. But Yeah, uh, that, that was something else. Oh, geez. And I was told that's a regulation rink. It's the, the, yeah. the, that, the, that the blue lines are what's off there. That It's a 200 by 85. It's just that the 13-foot neutral zone is all messed up. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, well, other than talking to uh, talking to a dopey commissioner on a podcast and uh, driving on I fifty five between Springfield and in uh, St. Louis, what does Chris Brown like to do in his spare time? Um, I kind of like hanging around with the guys. I mean, um, every hockey team I've been part of, or every team in general, I 
we've been pretty close and, and I'd say it's no different in Missouri State. We got about four houses of us that live on the same road and, and we like to be together, which is a sign of a strong team. Um, so I'd say usually if I'm not in class, not at the rink, then I'm I'm hanging around with the guys, doing whatever, trying not to get in trouble, but not always succeeding. But, but yeah, just hanging around with the guys. <laughs> trying not to get in trouble. Now, I've heard that Springfield, Missouri also is nicknamed Spring Vegas. Oh, yeah. Is oh, yeah, that, we know how to get in time. <laughs> is that because the, the downtown is always hopping, or is there something else going on there? Yeah, I think it's because of the downtown bar scene. We have a square down there that the boys like to kind of run around in and tear up. But, but yeah, I'd say it's probably that. All right, all right. Well, hey, before we get out of here, you gotta if you have one, uh, maybe a, a, a give us a good story about Jeremy Law. Kind of keep it PG if you don't mind. And if and, and if you don't have one about Lawsy, maybe you got something about McClue. <laughs> uh, I don't know about either of those. Um, uh, See, the um, e- the easy one would be to say, "Hey, give me a Booker story," because everybody's got a Booker yeah, story. Oh. If, there, if we were giving Booker stories, I could be here for a while. We'd have to have a couple more hours, but I don't know if I have too many good stories. Uh, the only one I may have is um, usually before practice, we all get into the locker room, get into one locker room before before uh, practice, about 15 minutes before, and Boss, he'll go over uh, practice plans. So usually we all dread what's called the bear commitment, which is going down and back with push-ups three different times up and down the ice uh, in 60 seconds. So it's kind of a bagger. Um, everyone kind of looks for that in the practice plan. So he's going through, you know, the usual drills. And all of a sudden he said, all right, we got uh, we got the two-on-one lousy. And everyone just kind of looked around and the whole room got silent. And he, he goes over the drill and, and I think it was, you could hear a pin drop in there. And he kind of looks up and he's like, you guys got that? And everyone just started busting out laughing. And, and from then on, I think it was the two-on-one lousy, the three-on-two lousy, uh, the five-on-five lousy, uh, the shootout lousy. So we like to give him a hard time about that. <laughs> very, very nice. Hey, Jer- Jeremy's a good guy, and I like to give him a hard time. So I'll have to ask him about the uh, the two on one lousy, or maybe this will be the commissioner coach lousy. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll give him a hard time. All right, well, hey, Chris, appreciate you taking time out of your day. Safe travels uh, back to back to Oakville, and then um, let's. Uh, we hope you have uh, just continued success um there at missouri state i forgot to ask you i mean you're you're, not only were you wearing the c at at the springfield junior blues but now you're wearing the c here for missouri state Mm -hmm. yeah you're the you said you brought it up you're the team president i mean uh are there added responsibilities or or is it just the same old this is what chris brown is used to i've I've been the captain i'm at other places i'm still the captain here same old same old uh i mean i still just try to be one of the guys um i just try to work hard and and do what I can to help the team, and, and it kind of paid off for me. So I don't like to give myself any extra credit because it's really a team effort, but I'm lucky enough to wear the C, and I, and I appreciate it. Yeah, well, hey, you're very, very fortunate, very fortunate. Well, again, Chris, thank you for taking time out of your out of your evening. Safe travels back home, and uh, I look forward to uh, seeing uh, Chris and the Missouri State Ice Bears uh, move up in the rankings here come this uh, spring semester. Yep, thank you for having me on. A lot of fun. Go Bears. Uh (laughs) Go Bears. All right, hey, that's, that's Chris Brown, number 18 for the Missouri State Ice Bears.